Welcome to the ProVest Perspective with Noel Swain, CFP, and host Pamela Lida. Noel is an investment advisor with Cambridge Investment Research, a monthly columnist for the Spartanburg Herald Journal newspaper, and has been interviewed many times on NPR. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready for some straightforward, honest talk. Now, here's Noel Swain and host Pamela Lida. Would you like having an extra $200,000 in retirement? Yes, I would. (laughs) And you might be wondering how. Well, by analyzing the best Social Security maximization strategy, you could possibly increase your Social Security benefit by up to $200,000 over your retirement lifetime. This topic on the Provost Perspective is a hot one, and it's one that is always on people's minds as they near retirement, and that is Social Security. If you're like most Americans, Social Security benefits will be making up a huge chunk of the income that you're going to be living on during retirement. To be sure you're filing at the right time to maximize your Social Security benefits, it's important to understand the best time to file before you file. You know, I'm thinking that we have just absolutely beautiful days and we're going to be talking about Social Security and it's such a topic that so many people are interested in all the time. Today, we're going to answer the five questions that you should answer before filing for Social Security. You might even want to get a pencil or piece of paper so you can write down this website. And that is theprovestperspective.com because you're not going to need to take notes. You can always just click on that website that I just gave you. We'll be mentioning it throughout the show and just download the file. Or you can call 800. 277-0025, and you can ask for us to send you the report. So anyway, it's great to be here, and it's great to be talking about Social Security. It is a hot topic, and in the report that we've got, five questions to answer before filing for Social Security, we identify each of those questions. And as we're going through this, we've compiled a couple of questions that listeners have asked in the past that we think relate to that particular question that you need to answer before filing. That way, we hope to clarify it for you as you're listening. You may not completely understand it, so we want it to be completely understandable. But as Noah said, if you have any questions, you can call us even with your own questions. 1-800-277-0025. Because unfortunately, it's a sad fact that far too many retirees claim their Social Security as soon as they turn 62, then they don't really understand the implications of that choice until it's too late. So if you have not yet filed for Social Security or if you know of someone that is considering filing, then it is important that you all know the answers to these five questions before you file for Social Security benefits. In fact, knowing the answers to these questions can help you make a strategic choice that gives you the best chance of getting the retirement income you need because we want you to have a successful retirement. Well, I'm going to let you get us started off. Okay, the first question, and this is a very important question, and that is, how are my benefits determined? How are they figured? Because a lot of people want to know, am I doing the best thing to get the most out of Social Security? What can I do to get more Social Security? That's the thing. See, the Social Security Administration considers your wages, and that's what it is, the wages that you pay taxes on, over a 35-year period during which you earn the most money up to the annual payroll tax cap. For example, 
if you earn $125,000 or so now, everything above that, you don't have to pay Social Security taxes on. But they count the highest 35 years of pay. And if you've been meeting the maximum, if you have not paid Social Security taxes on wages above the cap, and so you have paid the maximum in, then you get the maximum amount. But that's over a 35-year period. Most people, when they first start out working, you know, they're teenagers and they work, oh, I guess, you know, part-time jobs. And then your full-time job usually isn't at the maximum wage when you start that. So you have to build it up over a period of time. And the Social Security Administration considers the most profitable 35. You know, if you've got 40 years, they only count 35 of them. If you've got 50 years of work, they only count 35 of them. But if you haven't got 35 years, They'll count zeros in there for every year up to 35. Let's just say that you've only got 31 years of work, and here you are 63 years old. And now your retirement age is 67, and now what you've got to do is, you know, if you retire right now at 63, then they're going to count four zeros because you don't have the 35-year work history yet. But if you work four more years, then you get to count all 35 years. And that's an important thing to remember is if you don't have 35 years of work history, they give you zeros to make up to 35 years, and that can really have a bad effect on your Social Security. It's important to note that if you start your benefit before your full retirement age, and that is right now between 66 and 67, For anybody born in 1960 or later, it would be age 67. If you continue to earn and take your Social Security, you'll lose some of your benefits if you earn over the earnings limit. So that's the first question. How is your benefit determined? And there's all kinds of calculators out there that you can look up on the Internet or give us a call because, you know, we have that calculator. We'd be happy to help you determine what your maximum benefit would be. Yeah, we've got a Social Security Analyzer, the Center Wealth Toolkit, we've talked a lot about, and I know you guys have heard us mention that before. But as I said at the offset, we have a couple of questions that we're going to be answering that listeners have sent in that sort of relate to this particular subject and hoping that it might help explain things for you a little better. All right, Noel, so I've got this first question for you here, and it states, I understand that my benefit continues to grow by 8% every year if I wait until age 70. But if I file at my full retirement age, would my benefits still grow if my earnings after I file are part of my 35 highest years or are those 35 years locked in once you file? As long as you keep working and paying into Social Security, your earnings record will continually be updated. If a new year of higher earnings replaces an older year of lower earnings, your primary insurance amount or full benefit, it will be updated. This continues as long as you work, even after you have claimed your benefit at age 70. This is what happened to me. I claimed at age 70, but I continue to work. And so each year I get the cost of living adjustment, plus one of my lower earning years drops off and I add, you know, a current higher earning year to it. And so my income bumps up a little bit. All right. Another question here. If I work part-time for two years before I take my Social Security, how much will that reduce my monthly Social Security check when I do start getting it? You know, that's a question we get a whole lot. See, the benefit is not based on 
your most recent working years, it's based on the highest 35 years possible. So if you've got a year of working that's lower than the other 35, they just throw it out. You don't count it. Working can only increase your benefit. It can never lower it. If working part-time replaces a zero or a low-wage year, the benefit is going to go. Let's just say that you're working part-time now, but you don't have 35 years of work history. You've got, you know, 31 years or 32 years or something. And so you work part-time. That adds to your benefit. It doesn't take away. So don't worry about making less at the end of your career and it taking benefits away. It never, ever takes away from filing. So that's the main thing as far as Social Security is concerned. It never hurts you to work. So the first question you need to answer before filing for Social Security is how is your benefit determined? It is important to know the answer to that question. You know, do you need to work a few more years to increase your benefit? Or if you plan on working a few more years, perhaps it's not the best time to file. The Social Security Analyzer that's in our Wealth Toolkit is a very important tool, and it takes all of the information that we have, especially if you're married, have a spouse consider. It takes all of that information. It, it gives you about five different choices for each of you filing early, late, retirement age, et cetera. And it tells you the best time to file. So if you have a question about Social Security or if you're interested in talking with us about that Social Security analysis, then give us a call at 1-800-277-0025. If it's easier to send that question to us in an email, you can send it to us at asknoel at theprovestperspective.com. And today's feature report, the five questions to answer before filing for Social Security, can be found on our website, as Noel was saying, www.theprovestperspective.com. Provest is P like Paula, R-O-V like Victor, E-S-T. We are talking on the Provest Perspective about Social Security and how to be sure that you have maximized those Social Security benefits that you are going to be receiving in retirement. As we stated at the start of the show, Social Security benefits are going to make up a huge chunk of the income that most Americans live on during retirement. So it's very important to be sure that these benefits are maximized and you do that before you file, not after. Therefore, we're discussing five questions that you really need to get answers to before you consider filing for your Social Security benefits. We've already started with the first question. That first question you ask yourself is, how is your benefit determined? Now, if you missed that first segment, you like a copy of this report, you can get it on our website, theprovestperspective.com, or you can give us a call, 1-800-277-0025. All right, Noel, what's that next question? Okay, the first question was, how is your benefit determined? Second question is, how does your age affect your Social Security benefits? See, the Social Security Administration's benefits formula is used to determine how much income you're going to receive if you retire at your full retirement age. They shorten that to FRA, just to the initials. The FRA varies depending upon when you were born. If you were born after 1960, your FRA is going to be age 67. If you start claiming benefits before reaching your full retirement age, you'll see your benefits reduced. For example, If you retire the first year possible, your benefit is going to be reduced by 30% for the rest of your life. And your cost of living adjustments are going to be based on that lowered amount. For example, if your full benefit would be 
say two thousand dollars a month, then if you start at sixty two, you're only going to get fourteen hundred, and then your cost of living, if they raise your benefit by two percent, you're only going to get two percent of fourteen hundred from then on. You're not going to get two percent of the two thousand dollars that it would have been if you'd waited. Even after age sixty seven, that's what it's going to be. So. At age 63, is a 25% reduction. At 64, it's a 20% reduction. At 65, they reduce it 13.3%, and at age 66, they reduce it by 6.7%. However, on the good news side, if you delay claiming your benefits until after your full retirement age, you can earn delayed retirement credits until you reach 70, where you know, this bonus is going to max out. You don't earn anything or get anything by waiting till after age 70 to file or 71. For each month you delay until 70, your benefit is increased by 8%. So if you file at age 68, you get 108%. If you file at age 69, you get 116%. If you file at age 70, you get 124%. So that $2,000 full retirement age benefit goes up to $2,480 per month. So over that eight-year period that you're allowed to file or that you can file for your benefit, you can get a raise from the very bottom up $1,400 up to $2,480, which is a 76% increase. There's very few investments. Matter of fact, I don't know of any investments that you can get into that would increase your income by 76% over an eight-year period. That's just not really unheard of. So this reduction that you get means claiming early can lead to a pretty substantial drop, as we've discussed. Conversely, claiming later will dramatically increase your benefits. So losing up to 30% of your potential monthly income by claiming benefits before age 67 could mean a big reduction in your standard of living. And that's why I've always said, the longer you wait to file, and if you file at age 70, that's, in my opinion, that's that's sort of an insurance policy against poverty in old age. And that's the way that we feel about it. Your age has a big effect on your Social Security benefits as well. It's very important to know what your full retirement age is and how much you'll get at different ages. Is it worth it to start it? Maybe it's better off delaying it. It differs for everybody, and it's definitely important to know how it affects you. All right, Noel, I've got a few more listener questions that might help explain this one for everyone a little bit better. The first one states, I'm 61. Why should I delay claiming my Social Security if the average person will get the same take from Social Security regardless of when they claim? Most people won't live out an average life. And let me tell you something, folks. What this questioner is saying is that if I wait till 70 to start, then I will miss out on all the money I would have gotten if I start at 62, I will have missed out on all the money I would have gotten up to age 70. And I will tell you, it doesn't matter which age you start. The Social Security Administration has figured this out, that the actual crossover age, the age at which you would have received about the same amount of money, whether you started at age 62 or 65 or 67 or 70, is about at age 81. After that point, the later you waited to file, the more money you will have gotten. And so that's what she was talking about. So most people, if you died age 81, it really wouldn't have mattered. But 
That's not the way it usually works. If you're 61 today, you have an average life expectancy of 17 more years if you're a man. If you're a woman, it's about 21 years. You know, there's a study done about why women outlive their husbands and why men died before their wives do. Pamela, do you know why men usually die before their wives? I don't. Because they want to. (laughs) There should have been an applause. <laughs> yeah, we need a little la- buttons, right? Laugh track or something. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, but see, that includes everybody. If you don't smoke, if you keep your weight under control, if you don't jump out of airplanes, and if you exercise on a regular basis, you may likely live longer than the so-called average person. There's an eight-year window in which you can claim that we've already talked about this, your Social Security monthly benefit. From age 62 to 70, if you stop working at age 62, but you wait until age 70 to claim your Social Security benefit, you'll receive 76% more in your check. You know, I can't really reiterate that enough. So is it better to get it at 62 or at age 70? Well, we believe that all things being equal, delayed or what we call bonus claiming is generally the best bet. If you delay taking your Social Security check, you will lock in a permanently increased benefit for the remainder of your lifetime. Now, that's why I waited till age 70, because I plan to live to be a long time. I, I heard one time, the person who lives to be 150 years old has already been born, and that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to live to be 150 years old. All you folks that are listening to me right now, you're going to be gone. <laughs> So while it's true, you will receive fewer years of checks. On the good side, you will have more income at advanced age when you are more likely to need the money. And like I said before, you know, it's sort of like longevity insurance. It's insurance against growing poor in your old age. All right, Noah, we got time for one more question this segment. This question states, if I take my benefit early at age 62, can I not just jack it up to the full benefit when I turn my full retirement age? Yeah, that's a good question. Answer is (laughs) no. No period. That's a nice trick. If that was the way it was, everybody would do it. Social Security doesn't work that way. If it did, and like I said, everybody would claim their Social Security benefit at 62, then boost it up at their full retirement age, or even wait till 70 and say, oh, I can get my age 70 thing. No, how it works is that if you claim at the time and it's below your full retirement age and your full retirement age is the age at which you can claim your full benefit, you will be penalized as much as 30%, and that penalty will last for the rest of your life. For example, if your full retirement age is 67 and your full benefit, what Social Security calls primary insurance amount, is $2,000, your penalty for claiming that age 62 is 30% or it's a $600 penalty per month for the rest of your life. That's the thing. You'll only get that $1,400 a month. And not only that, Social Security pays cost of living raises like we had discussed each year. If you take your benefit at 62, your cost of living adjustments are going to be lower. So you keep falling behinder and behinder the longer you go out in old age, and if you live to be 90-some-odd years old, you're leaving hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table. 
if you're not here anymore, you don't really miss what you didn't get. But if you're here, you sure will wish you had it. So That's right. Really something to think about. You know, do you need to wait and file for Social Security at your full retirement age or maybe even 70? You could even be in a situation where you do need to file as soon as possible. Well, we've got a Social Security Analyzer that's in our Wealth Toolkit, and it helps to answer that question for you. And it lays out the different options for you so you know what you're looking at. If you have to draw early, then it at least tells you that. and It kind of puts it in black and white what it is you're looking at, what you're giving up, and what you'll get by filing as soon as possible. So if you want to come in and talk with Noel about this, the first appointment is complimentary. Call us now, 1-800-277-0025. Also the same number if you have a question about your Social Security. It's different for everybody, and your particular situation might be completely different. So again, 1-800-277-0025. This is Pamela Lida, and I am the host. I'm talking with CFP Noel Swain. We're located in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And if you come in to talk with us, we do prefer to meet in their Spartanburg office for the first few appointments, just because this is where everything is. But if you become a client, we've got meeting places in Greenville and easily to make it easier for you. But we're talking this morning about the subject of Social Security. The subject is five questions that you need to answer before filing for Social Security. For most Americans, Social Security makes up a huge chunk of the income that they live off of during retirement and Unfortunately, too many retirees claim their Social Security ASAP. They don't understand the implications of that choice, and many times it's too late. So it's important to understand the answers to the five questions we're discussing this morning before you file for Social Security. That way you can be sure it is maximized. Now, so far, the first question that you need to ask is how is your benefit determined? The second question you need to ask is how does your age affect your Social Security benefit? Now, if you're just joining us and you'd like a copy of the report, we've also got some listener Social Security questions that we've added to sort of help explain each one of these sections in better detail. But you can get the full report on our website, www.theprovestperspective.com. You can also call us for a copy at 1-800-277-0025. All right, up to the question three. What is that, Noel? Third question that you need to have answered before you file for Social Security is how do spousal benefits work? And that's sort of a sophisticated answer because when you get into it, spousal benefits are somewhat complicated. Spousal benefits have been a part of the Social Security program ever since 1939 when it almost when it started. The qualifications for spousal benefits is determined by past and present marital status. Generally, the person claiming spousal benefits must be currently married to the primary recipient. Former spouses can receive benefits if their marriage lasted 10 years or longer. But it's not called spousal benefits. It's called divorced spouse benefits. If your spouse has already claimed their benefits and you don't have a work history that qualifies you for benefits under your own work record, you can receive spousal benefits based on your spouse's record once you reach age 62. The amount of money you can receive in spousal benefits is based upon your spouse's work history and the amount they're entitled to at their full retirement age. See, once a spouse attains their own full retirement age, they're entitled to 50% of their working spouse's full retirement age benefit. If the worker's spouse begins receiving spousal benefits prior to their full retirement benefits, they see their benefit amount reduced 
as in what we stated in the previous segment. You know, if they start at 62, it's reduced by 30%, that type of thing. One of the most important things you need to know about spousal benefits is that if you claim them prior to reaching your full retirement age, you will be subject to Social Security's earnings test. Social Security only allows recipients under their full retirement age to earn up to a certain amount every year, and if your earnings exceed that limit, Social Security withholds some or all of the benefit. So you should know that if you have a work history that qualifies you for Social Security on your own record, you can't receive both your benefit and a spousal benefit. And I've been asked that question too. Hey, can I get both my spousal benefit and my benefit? Again, nice try, but the answer is no. You can only receive the higher of the two amounts. So two things to mention in regard to spousal benefits is divorce benefits and survivor benefits. Now, they're a little different. See, on on divorce benefits, it's now easier than before for ex-spouses to qualify for benefits based on their divorce spouse's work record. It's easier than it used to be. As long as a person doing the claiming is unmarried and at least age 62, they can qualify for 50% of their ex-spouse's full retirement age benefit. This will not impact the ex-spouse's benefit amount or any amounts paid to the current spouse or dependents. If you're remarried, you generally won't qualify for benefits on your ex-spouse's record. But if you become single again because of annulment or divorce, or your current spouse passes away, you may receive spouse's benefits. Let's just say that you're married for the second time, and your spouse passes away. You can either claim divorced spouse benefits from your ex-spouse who's still alive, or your deceased spouse if the amount is higher. So that's what you would be looking at. Now, the survivor benefits, looking at that, survivor benefits amount to 100% of the benefit paid to a retired worker prior to their death. So most non-worker spouses will stop receiving spouse benefits and instead receive their survivor's benefits because if their spouse's benefits is half and their deceased spouse benefits or their survivor benefits is 100%, of course, you'd step up. If the surviving spouse claims survivor benefits before turning their full retirement age, they will have their benefits reduced for each month they claim early. So in order to receive that 100% of the survivor's benefit, a young surviving spouse might be better off delaying survivor benefits until they have reached the full retirement age. And this is something I didn't realize for a period of time. If you started claiming your spouse benefits when you were 62, and the amount that you were supposed to get was $1,000 based on half of your spouse's benefit of 2000 and you started getting only $700, then what will happen is the difference between the full benefit of 1000 and the 2000 they'll give you that difference, and it's called an add-on. But you still won't get the $2,000. You'll only get $1,700 a month because you took the benefit early. Well, no, this is one of the areas we probably get more questions than anything else. It 
it can be very complicated. A lot of factors go into play. So we've got a few questions here this morning, a few on regular spousal benefits and then one on divorced and on survivor. Sort of help explain things for you a little better. First one we've got is, I'm confused on a calculation. My husband is 66 with his full retirement age amount of 1544. I am 63, but my full retirement amount is 1215. So will he get 50% of my full retirement amount of 608 even though I'm applying early for a reduced benefit. Yes, that is true. Spousal benefits are based on the worker spouse's primary insurance amount or their full benefit, not the spouse's actual benefit. All right, next question. And we do have all these on report, so be sure and download that report on our website, theprovestperspective.com. All right, next question. My spouse's benefit is larger than my own benefit. So if I start my benefit at age 70, can I switch to my spousal benefit once my wife starts her retirement benefit? Yes, but she wouldn't switch. Like I told in the last question, she would add on the spousal portion, which is equal to the difference between her primary insurance amount and one half of his primary insurance amount. This would be added to her existing benefit. Right, well, you know, some of the stuff gets a little confusing. It does. Doesn't it it does. does. I was saying you may want to come in and talk with us about. Yeah, I mean, and don't hesitate to give us a call. We certainly don't mind answering questions, and there are questions that we have to look up the answer to. You know, there's, but we have access to a tremendous amount of knowledge that the average person won't find on the internet. All right, we got one more question as it relates to just regular spousal. This question is from Jill, and she states, I'm 64. My husband is 60. My earnings record is minimal. So would I be able to claim my benefit now? And then when my husband turns his full retirement age and files, switch to claiming half of his benefit because my benefit is less than half of his. Well, Jill, if you file now, you will be paid about 87% of your primary insurance amount. And then when you add on, the spousal benefit, you'll be paid the difference between your primary insurance amount or full benefit and 50% of his primary insurance amount. This will be added to your existing benefit. The total will not be the full 50% of your husband's full benefit. If you want to receive the full 50% of his primary insurance amount as your spousal benefit, you would need to wait until your full retirement age for you to file your own benefit. Again, it gets to be a little bit complicated. It gets to be a little bit confusing, but we can draw it out for you. We can. We can. (laughs) All right. We got a question here on divorce benefits. Is a divorce spouse benefit always based on the former husband's full retirement age amount, regardless of his current age? For example, Jim is 62. His ex-wife is at her full retirement age. So would she receive a divorce spouse benefit based on his age 66 amount, even though he is just 62? Well, spousal benefits are based on the worker's full benefits at their full retirement age. If he is 62 and she is 66, she will receive 50% of his full benefit, even though he has not yet reached that full retirement age. So that's sort of a good thing. Exactly. All right. One question here on survivor benefits. If I take my retirement benefit before my full retirement age, will that reduce my eventual survivor benefit? No. 
not if she is at her full retirement age when she begins to take her survivor benefit. When Jill switches to her survivor benefit and she is 67, which is her full retirement age, she will start receiving the amount her husband was receiving and her own or spousal lower benefit will go away. This is why one of the most important aspects of coordinating spousal benefits is to ensure the highest survivor benefit. The way to do this is to have the higher earner delay benefits to age 70 and get the bonus of 24% up to as much as 32% if they were born before 1960. And that's more in their Social Security check. They would get more in their Social Security check if they waited and she got the surviving spouse benefit at her full retirement age. Let me give you an example. Okay, I waited till 70 to get my full benefit. My wife is not yet eligible. Let's just say that, you know, she's 60 years old. And let's just say in seven years, when she turns 67, I started getting my full benefit at age 70. If I die when she turns 67, then she will get my age 70 benefit for the rest of her life, even though she's only 67 to start with. And that was the reason I waited as long as I did. First of all, I could afford it. I could afford to because I'm still working. And number two, uh, it, it went a long way toward taking care of my wife. And I want to make sure that she is taken care of whenever I'm gone. So if spousal benefits are an option for you, it's worth comparing what you would be getting on your own against what your spousal benefit would be. And that's also taking into account your spouse's benefit. It's really worth looking at the two together. So if you've got any questions at all on your spousal benefits, then give us a call at 800-277-0025. And if you'd like to come in and talk with us about that Social Security Analyzer that's in the Wealth Toolkit, I'm sure that you really know the best time to file for your Social Security, then give us a call, set up a first-time complimentary appointment, 800-277-0025. On the Provost Perspective, today Noel and I are discussing five questions that you must answer before you decide to file for your Social Security benefits. And as we said at the top of the show, Social Security benefits will probably make up a huge chunk of the income that you're going to be living off of during retirement. So it's very important to be sure that you are maximizing those Social Security benefits by filing at the optimal time. So before you file, It's important to know the answers to these five questions that we have been discussing today. If you're just tuning in, you'd like to know what those are, you can get a copy of those on our website, www.theprovestperspective.com. And we've also included some listener social security questions that hopefully explain those for you a little better. So we don't have a lot of time left, but we do have two questions left. We're going to get right to question number four. Noah, what is that? Okay. Would you like to continue working? You know, after you receive your benefits, you can continue working. And that's one of the nice features of Social Security is that you are allowed to work and collect benefits simultaneously. You might need those benefits to supplement your earnings later in life, especially if you're forced to cut back on your working hours due to poor health. Or you might simply want those benefits to enjoy life while you're a bit younger. As we said earlier in the how, If you file for benefits ahead of your full retirement age, you'll risk having a portion of them withheld if your earnings exceed a certain threshold. 
you'll have $1 in benefits withheld for each $2 you earn. Now, notice that these benefits are withheld. They're not lost. The Social Security Administration will add them back to your monthly payments once you reach your full retirement age. But the reduction in benefits you'll face by filing early will be money, you know, you'll lose that forever. So if you plan to continue working and expect to earn a decent living, it might pay you to hold off on claiming benefits until you reach your full retirement age. At that point, you can earn as much as you'd like and still collect your benefits in full. All right, Noel, as stated, we've got a few questions that might help break this down for folks a little better. Question here. I started taking my Social Security benefits several years ago at age 63, and I only found out about the earnings test after. Do I need to contact the Social Security Administration about the withholding? Because I make over $100,000 a year, so all of my Social Security benefits are going to be subject to the earnings test. And I go back and delay my benefits until my full retirement age is my second question. If you earn enough that all your benefits will be withheld for the earnings test, you really don't need to do anything to suspend. However, you do need to notify Social Security Administration of your expected earnings. They like to withhold benefits as the wages are being earned, not pay them, and then have to collect later on for the overpayment of the benefits that they paid you already. They don't want to go back and collect. They would rather withhold that on the front end. All right, here's another question. Why does the government take a dollar for every $2 earned over the maximum earned income before someone's full retirement age? The rationale behind the earnings test is that people who earn a high income and aren't really retired, they don't need as much Social Security income. So to discourage them from claiming early benefits, part of their benefits are withheld if they earn more than the earnings test amount. And the earnings test used to apply to everyone under the age of 70, but in response to complaints that it discouraged older people, people between age 65 and 70 at the time, and they've since raised it to 66 and now 67, you know, they complained that it discouraged them from working. So the Senior Citizens Freedom to Work Act in 2000 that Congress passed eliminated the earnings test for anyone over their full retirement age. Now, we've got a few reports on our website on Social Security. We've got the four costly Social Security mistakes. We've also got a report, the 46 FAQs of retirement. It has a rather large section that relates to Social Security questions. So you can find both of these reports as well as today's featured report on our website, www.theprovestperspective.com. Provest is P like Paula, R-O-V like Victor, E-S-T. And also call us. We can send you one out in the mail or even via email, whichever is easiest for you. 1-800-277-0025. Is that last question, Noel? Well, Pamela, this last question is something important. You know, Social Security was never meant to be your sole retirement income. It was never meant to be that way. What they wanted to do is supplement your income and make it to where you could make it if you had other savings. So that last question is very poignant here. Do you have a healthy retirement account somewhere that you can use to add to the Social Security benefit or add the Social Security benefit to the income you can get from that to make it possible for you to live 
comfortably in retirement. See, Social Security should ideally make up only that portion of your total retirement income. But if you don't have much in the way of savings or in a retirement account, it could end up constituting almost all of it. Or in, for some people, it is all of it. If so, then claiming benefits at full retirement age may not make a lot of sense. Rather, you should think about delaying the benefits past your full retirement age and continuing to work for a while. For each year you hold off, you'll accrue credits that boost your benefits by that 8% a year up to age 70. And of course, I think we've already gone over that two or three times, but it still bears repeating. At which point, this incentive to delay credits runs out. Therefore, be sure to assess your savings before filing for your Social Security. If your nest egg isn't all that substantial, delaying and growing your benefits could be your best shot at salvaging your retirement, and that's the way it should be. Now, there's a lot of things to consider on Social Security when you file for it, so be sure that you look at all of these questions we've discussed and that you've analyzed everything possible. We've got a Social Security analysis we've talked about. If you'd like to come in and sit down and talk with us about it, the number to reach us to schedule that first meeting rate appointment, 1-800-277-0025. If you have a specific question you'd like to ask us about it, then give us a call and ask us again, 800-277-0025. You might want to send that question via email, asknoel at theprobestperspective.com, and we'll get right back to you with an answer. We've got several reports that are on our website five questions to answer before filing for Social Security for costly Social Security mistakes and the 46 FAQs. These are just to name a few. So check out our website. We've also got information on our Wealth Toolkit, the big red button that we've talked about in the past. Got a lot of good stuff on there. So check it out. Again, www.theprovestperspective.com. Again, that's www.theprovestperspective.com. You know, the only way to know that you've taken the best path while applying for Social Security is to do the math yourself. Sit down and prepare the benefits that it's going to be in every situation for which you're qualified for. Because we all qualify for Social Security, but one change to your Social Security strategy could add up to big differences in terms of the total benefits that you're going to receive in retirement. Social Security is complicated. I'm sure that you have realized that this morning. There's a lot of different factors that can change the benefits that you're going to expect. And it might seem like a lot of work, but nothing can give you more confidence that you've made the right decision. Like sitting down and looking at all the possibilities laid out in black and white. You know, you only get to retire once. So don't you owe it to yourself to be sure that you've maximized your income for the best retirement possible. Don't, don't just, just invest. Provest. And thanks for listening to the Provest Perspective Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. For more information on Noel Swain CFP or this episode, visit theprovestperspective.com. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Cambridge and Provest Wealth Advisors are not affiliated. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Investing involves risk. Depending on the types of investments, there may be varying degrees of risk. Investors should be prepared to bear loss, including total loss of principal. Indices mentioned during this broadcast are unmanaged and cannot be invested indirectly. When we state that we're investing in the S&P 500, Russell 2000, and other indexes, we mean that 
that we invest in funds that mimic the index, not the index itself. Diversification and asset allocation strategies do not always assure profit or protect against loss. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investing regular amounts steadily over time, dollar cost averaging, may lower your average per share cost. Periodic investment programs cannot guarantee profit or protect against loss in a declining market. Dollar cost averaging is a long-term strategy involving continuous investing regardless of fluctuating price levels and as a result, you should consider your financial ability to continue to invest during periods of fluctuating price levels. Tax-free withdrawals or tax-free income referenced are dependent on terms and conditions that vary based on the product or investment selected. Client testimonials may not be representative of the experience of other customers and are no guarantee of future performance or success. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., registered broker-dealer, member FINRA, SIPC.